bop, bop. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten. Eleven, twelve. Yeah. Uh, uh, That's about what it sounded like to everybody. It sounded fine to me. <laughs> I'm old. Good morning. It's a new day in America. Jim Jordan has donned a sport jacket and finally stopped yelling. And this show has everything, including some stuff we shouldn't have seen when we were kids, stuff we bored everyone to death with as kids, and uh, five-year-old's imminent enrollment in the U.S. Marines. (laughs) Is he five? Sorry. Yes. Yep. He just turned five. All right. My name is Mike Frizzell, a.k.a. The Jail Dude, coming to you from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room in Manchac, Texas. Joining me are two of my favorite people on the I-35 corridor from north to south from the Land of Lakes studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's Anne with a plan, and please don't at me, Lundholm. Hello, Anne. Good morning, Mike. And from Boot Camp Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary, the Hill Dog, Livingston Butler, Ted Hook. Hey. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I don't really know all the call and responses, you but don't I know? do. No, I don't. And my husband's a Marine. I still don't know him. Um, but I do have a, a mild correction that I should have corrected on the run sheet. I am still off I-35, but I am in the childhood studio bathroom studios in Dallas, Texas. Or as Bobby says, Dallas, Texas. Oh, right. I Right. I forgot you were in Dallas. So so these plumbing problems you were talking about in the pre-roll, this is happening in Dallas. <laughs> this is in Dallas, but it's yeah. it's all it's all figured out. Someone was doing more than eating salads, and, and <laughs> there's a problem with the toilets in Dallas. No, 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 <laughs> okay, no. Okay, 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 okay. We're On not the show going today, there. <laughs> we're going to do a little... Two and a half minutes in. <laughs> we will do a little small talk, because uh, we have a massively stuffed mailbag from both our Cheese Off and Razzle Dazzle shows. Then we'll have a two-part question of the week about films from our youth. If we have time, we'll bring you a news story, but I doubt we'll have time, because we never seem to. Uh, and as always, we will uh, have some Tishi recommends, but we will straighten up the house and make it look as good as it did before we got here and let you all know how to get involved with the show before we head out. Uh, first, we have an update on the Facebook drive for Grease 2. Um, <laughs> we might have new listeners. So uh, what what is what exactly are we doing here? Because I've never been exactly clear on, on what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> oh, believe me, that has been quite obvious. <laughs> You're not clear on what we're doing. <laughs> now that the cheese off is over, I can stop flogging that and start flogging the Grease 2 challenge again. Oh. When we get to 200 members in our Facebook group, and as we stated last week, it doesn't matter if... We get 201 and then three people quit. No, it doesn't matter. Once we break the seal, we've broken the break seal. Break the once plane. We it's get, a touchdown. <laughs> yes, exactly. We get to those 200 members on Facebook. We are going to have a live Grease 2 watching party. Grease 2 being one of the best musicals. Let's bowl it, bowl Let's rock and roll. <laughs> simultaneously worst musicals ever mm. made. Holds a very special part in the lives of Anne and Hillary and also Christy. And uh, we're going to find uh, an internet uh, app 
that will let everybody log on and watch and chat together as we watch the horny grease two kids <laughs> very horny they're so very horny. <laughs> very horny grease two kids well, if you had michelle pfeiffer walking around in in uh black what are they spandex pants whatever she's wearing and what what i've seen um yeah yeah i would be horny too yep but are you a cool rider because she wants a cool rider uh, i can i'll be anything she wants me to be r-i-d-e-r i'm sorry guys i can't i can't more there we go how far are we in we are at 174 members um some people came out after last week's plea and join the Facebook group. Thank you so much. Uh, some people that I knew and I love to see those names that I recognize and some people whose names I don't recognize. And that makes me just as happy because we want everybody, if they choose, to come and join the fun and come and post on our question of the week threads. And don't worry about being stupid or saying something dumb no. Because I beat myself up on the regular about <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> and conversely, I am a fool almost constantly and live my life like as if I was like the most brilliant. So just know there's somebody dumber than you are, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so please come and join our Facebook group. Uh, this show has everything easy to find. And um, join the fun. Okay, well, on the other end of the spectrum from uh, from lighthearted musicals, H- Hillary, your your son um, has he already has he gone to one of those recruitment offices in the dying malls of, of Austin? He needs your permission to enlist. Before he does he's eighteen, right? At five, I mean, even Dave. Okay, so Dave, my husband Dave was in the Marines, and he was like, I was in the Marines and I wasn't this obsessed with the military while he was in the Marines. (laughs) It's weird. Okay. So my son Rory just turned five. He definitely is a kid that goes through like little mini MINI obsessions. Like he was obsessed with Star Wars and he still Mm -hmm. sort of is. And like the Marvel universe was, which he still sort of is, but somehow I don't know what it is. I mean, he's, he watched, I don't know how he watched some like, I, it must. It was sort of like a recruitment video. It was narrated by Gene Hackman, and it was like this is like the military. I, think I love it was Gene the Hackman. Mar- <laughs> I'd fall for it too. I'd be like, where do I sign up? And they even show like them dealing with like gas chamber stuff, not like gas chambers, but like how to you know. Dave explained it to me, like putting your mask on and stuff. Uh-huh. And he was like, that's scary, but still like so intrigued by it. Um, now you know he's. He got a book about World War Two for his birthday, and then when we asked him what he wanted for Christmas, he said, "I want a book about World War One." Mm. There is a book. There's a. a it's kind of sweet movie. Spanish American <laughs> War. For yes. the next Trench he, warfare. He does know about like the War of eighteen twelve. He was like, "Yeah, you know, that's when we fought the British again." And I'm like, "How do you know about this? See, this is this is why Dave is a much better parent than I am because." I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'll explain it to you later. And Dave's like, no, I'll like sit and explain it to. And he just like absorbs the information. And he just always is like trying to. Both of my kids are lovely and smart, but like in different ways. And Rory's always just trying to figure stuff out all the time. Like how do you know? Because he doesn't. He's five. So he doesn't have all the information that he wants. So he was like, so World War Two was kind of like a sequel to World War One. I'm like, well, like, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a there's a there's a through line there, I guess. Um, 
It's, it's very... in the name, Hillary. <laughs> yeah, know. it's right there. It's very, very cute. Um, the World War Universe. He's a fan of the, 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 <laughs> the World, World Cinematic War. Universe. Yeah. He did, though, apropos of nothing, and me not thinking about this Gene Hackman documentary, asked me about gas chambers. And I was like, well, like, am I ready to get into this? And he, so I'm like, so you know who Hitler is? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, you know, Da is Jewish. And so there are people that are the parts of our family that were probably still like, I'm going into this deep thing. And he was like, no, no, no. I mean, the gas chambers like that you have to train in for the military. I'm like, oh, sorry. I, I was about to go dark. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> with some yeah. like family history. But, um, anyway, it's very cute, but he's, it's just as, I mean, I am, you know, ready to do- join like the people's party of like Austin. Like I'm like, yay, socialism. And he, meanwhile, he's like joining the alt-right. That's what we tease him. We're like, <laughs> like are you going to go like, like listen to Ben Shapiro or something? Like what is happening? But, oh, uh, the thought. I'm teasing. He, no, he's not. I mean, he, <laughs> he just is very curious and it's cute, but also Mildly troubling, my little Republican. Oh. Well, keep us updated on I that. I will. Um, it's cute when they're five. Yes. Less, <laughs> right? It's like when they're when every, 35. When they're 15 and buying a trench coat and, and you're, you know, you're worried. You start to get worried. Even at like 10, I'd be like, okay, cut the shit. Like, because you can read now. Like, yeah. I need you to, and you have access to the internet. Like, I need you to back off. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, uh, we have a story from Anne that uh, made me sad when I was reading it uh, yesterday in our <laughs> chat because because you know everyone knows how penurious this uh, veteran podcaster is. So, mm-hmm. well, I figured it out. Yesterday was Friday the thirteenth. Oh yeah! So of course that's the day I find out that I need a new furnace. <laughs> In December in Minnesota. Actually, I have finally decided to take a stand about how chilly it is in my house because the, well, let's just say the construction quality is probably not the highest. Um, And the um, developer, Rotland Homes, now out of business, did, you know, the minimum of m- amount of work they could to bring it up to code and mm-hmm. i guess the attic was quite poorly insulated and i've always meant to have it re-insulated but you know money and so i finally decided to pull the trigger on that and the really nice hard-working attic insulators were here almost all day yesterday mm-hmm. clomping around in the attic and doing all of that with their white coveralls and their uh, respirators on and they told me that they were hunting for ghosts so I really appreciated that <laughs> <laughs> but um, just because I happened to be home that day when the um, I'm in one of those I think it's called the happy Hono- homeowners club with the <laughs> HVAC company I use which you know a little aggressive on the branding but okay <laughs> where I pay like the 10 bucks a month and then yeah. they come out in the spring and the fall to look at my Maybe. air conditioner yeah. and look at my furnace and so they called me a couple of days ago and they were like hey we've got some open slots on friday we can come out and do the tune-up on your furnace and i was like great we'll be insulating the attic we'll be tuning up the furnace and uh dwight the very nice furnace tech came in and about five minutes into it he was like uh okay i, I gotta go out to my truck and get my camera and i was like oh, no. uh, 
Okay. Because <laughs> yeah, everyone's got to see this back at the yep. office. And then a few more minutes, he's like, hey, you want to come in here? Uh, I have something to show you. And he's still like head and shoulders inside the furnace. And it's never a good sign when the tech wants to show you something in the middle of the service before he's yeah. done all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he showed me some really um, bad like hot spots and places where the metal of the furnace was stressing and then some joints that look like they were not doing so well and then the igniter is having a problem. Anyway, long and short of it is, it's time. Shot. I have worried about this furnace. It's 25 years old. And I am like, oh my God, furnaces are so expensive, so expensive, so expensive. Mm -hmm. Do I have the money? Do I have the money? And then the day came and I was like, well, okay. Yep. This is happening. I've got the money. Yeah. It's time. Yep. So what I did yesterday was sit and decide how to spend my money while men did manual labor all around my house. Mm-hmm. And I was so exhausted that when they left, I had to go take a nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. You know, it's mentally, <laughs> physically, and it's stressful to have somebody in your house all day. So you're just like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to uh, leave my my checking account and my routing number out here on the dining room table. I got to go take a nap. So you just you just do what you need to do. Get what you got to get. Leave me a note. Yeah. So come Monday, I'm going to get a new furnace, and then I can stop worrying about it for yeah. hopefully the next twenty to twenty five years. Yes. Well, there's got to be some sort of warranty that will relieve uh, your worry for some amount of time, right? Yes. I can't remember if it's a five-year. I think it might be a five-year with three years of service or, you know, whatever. It's fine. a little bit. (laughs) I got the quote-unquote deluxe. Yeah. Well, I mean, Uh you're you're like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. The deluxe is only like this, is only one level up from basic. There's basic, then there's deluxe, then there's, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Rockefeller, super, (laughs) super awesome. You got um, undercoating on there. You got you got some, yeah, some some wheel uh, wheel polish on it. So you know, yeah, you pay a little extra, but it looks my good. um, <laughs> like two two years ago, um, we had in July. I was like, the air conditioning is not working upstairs, and upstairs is where our bedrooms are. So that's like where they really need to work. Mm. And our house was like yours. It was, it was built in 1993. So like. You know, I was like, it's new. And it's like, no, this has been the same HVAC since, you know, it's been 25 years at this point. Like, you got to, like, get a new one. But we kept doing these little patches, little patches of, oh, it's just, like, freezing. And then it stops working. And we got fans for the rooms. And I I was like, enough. Like, we just need to see. Yeah. And it was like, you know, $2,600 or whatever. It was something. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, we have to do this. And actually, every time the air conditioning pops on, I'm happy because I'm like, all right, it's working. I know it's working. And it sucks. But again, like I say, sometimes I wish I could just go back to having an apartment and just being like, fix it. You have to go fix it. Yep. Um, To not have that responsibility of being the one to figure it out and deal with it. Yes. It's like... Amazing. Except Dave and I lived in this apartment and the air conditioning always, when it turned on, it worked fine, except it always smelled like a fart, like always. And I have a terrible sense of smell and they would never <laughs> fix it right. I was like, you need to come back and fix it. And they would say like, we can't smell it. And I'm like, if I can smell it, it smells really bad. And it's embarrassing when people come into my house and it smells just like a giant fart in here. Mm. 
Did Duchess uh, just shrug and say, not me? Not me. Not <laughs> <laughs> me. Well, and technically, I think I am doing more than I need to do because I'm doing the furnace and the air conditioner. And I had the air conditioner condenser replaced when I moved in 10, 11 years ago. So that's probably not necessary. But the furnace tech guy was like, I don't know, this because they replaced the condenser but not the coil. And it's sort of weird to not do both parts and he said the coil is gross and it's plugging up and it's leading to some of the stresses and I mean you can do just the furnace but and I was like eh eh all right let's, let's, again you know. on the dining room table yep checking count number <laughs> routing yep and of course if you buy a package deal you get a big discount on both the furnace and the air conditioner and sure and they Super. have they were telling me about their 60 month 0% finance plans and i was like no i'm no, going to just pay, pay for it. it right now and they're like You're oh just in done. that case we're going to give you a discount for yeah. that too all right i mean this, and then there's some rebates from the utility company oh, so all yeah. in all it's not that big. i mean it's $9000 i'll say uh, it. there we go Ugh. It's so much. But you know what? I mean, bright side this, you can afford it. I mean, it sucks. Yep. Like, it totally sucks. And your savings, you know, you don't have as much as you used to. But, like, you could afford it. And you're going to be warm in the wintertime and cool in the summer. And, you know, that's that's worth it. Yep. That is the hope. I know. <laughs> you're like, I best be. Because otherwise, somebody's going to hear from me. <laughs> so I won't be doing much traveling the coming oh. year. Okay, well, we'll we'll miss you, and and if you do travel, do our best to comp you if we if we see you. Okay, or maybe we'll come. We'll these. come to the Twin Cities and hang out. Ooh, oh, I, yeah. I thought maybe we were going to stay very this year. Yes, yes, we come to okay. Anne. That makes sense. We'll buy her some uh, fried abomination of <laughs> bullshit at the state fair. Mm, I love Perfect. the fried abominations. <laughs> <laughs> fried abominations of bullshit right over here. Get them here. <laughs> All right, Ann, uh, what's in the mailbag today? We uh, seemingly overstuffed. It, did it burst? I mean, we have two weeks of buildup. We're straining at the seams, but we're okay. okay. Um, we had a, we did have a couple of TBTL-related um, throw-your-phones-from-people-who-were-like-what, mm. which I didn't include in the mailbag because it sort of seems like, I don't know, it's hard to in- include them, but... Um, Yes, I'd just like to say to Colian, while I'm thinking of it, Luke cannot um, violate his own HIPAA protections. <laughs> yeah. That actually made me laugh. That was weird, yeah. You can talk about your own health as much as you want, and it's right. not a HIPAA violation. And, and every, every old person in the history of the world is HIPAA violating all over themselves by talking about their medical maladies, if that were the case. I, I, it's funny because I have, you know, I dip in and out of TBTL now, like if it's a short enough episode or if it, you know, if Phyllis is on or if there's a good guest or whatever, but I haven't listened this week and it's funny to hear those out of context. <laughs> yeah, out of context, but still, you know exactly how it all went, right? Yes, of course. We have way too much history to not <laughs> know exactly how the conversation went on that. So I got a good oh. laugh out of that one. Oh. One one more thing about TBTL this past week, and we did get a throw your phone from, I think, Reed about this. Oh, yes. Um, Luke finally corrected. No, Andrew. Fred. From Fred. Oh, it's Fred. Okay, those guys are friends, so I get them mixed up. Yep. Um, 
Anyway, um, Luke finally corrected Andrew on the pronunciation of UW, which is UW or UW or anything except for the accusatory UW. That's the easiest way to remember it. You're not you're not accusing someone of dub, you know. <laughs> you know, you've talked about it so much that I'm hopelessly confused. Say, uh, no, I have no I idea. Know. I have no idea. I know. Well, I'm just going to la- say last... University of Washington. <laughs> exactly. Last night, I I texted Luke to uh, congratulate him on finally writing that wrong, and I I didn't quite have the heart to get into dotage. Um, <laughs> But I might at some point because it doesn't seem like Phyllis is ever going to – She's it's her job to be an editor at that company. But she still refuses to correct Luke on, on his pronunciation of dotage. Yeah, but so, she's not an editor of CBTL. I know. But it, shouldn't it offend you as an editor <laughs> that you have to listen to it over and over? Because she still listens to every episode. I listen to most of every episode. Um, but I was just glad it finally happened and I was – you know. <laughs> <sighs> there had to be a lot of us. Uh, he said that Ron of the Ron and Don show uh, is way worse. And and he like hit the U on the Y-O-U about 600 times before he hit dub in the tech, the final text that I got. I guess Ron goes, you dub. Well, like now that. that makes me think of something else non-sports related that's bothering me. Sure. Is why do people say Ukraine? I mean, it's all up in the news nowadays, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. but my understanding is that the name of the country is Ukraine. Why think, are so many people saying Ukraine? Hasn't NPR it, decided that it's changed? I don't know. I mean, how many pronunciations of, of Cutter not, are we going to go It's not through? the Ukraine. No, it's That's not the It's just okay. Ukraine. Ukraine. And the thing that they decided was changed is um, Kiev. Kiev. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, it's not uh-huh. Kiev. It's like... KYV, basically. I think that one Kiev. must be right because all the witnesses um, seem to say it that way, like that have been over there and hung out there. So yes, I'm because take their apparently Kiev is the Russian pronunciation oh. and oh, not fuck the Ukrainian pronunciation, and yeah. so that's a holdover from the Soviet Union that we were using, and the Ukrainians mm-hmm. are not particularly pleased that we're still referring. To their capital city, of the Russian way. So, okay, let's get on that. Train. Apologies, but I don't know about this whole uh, UW Ukraine thing. <laughs> well, at least the UW thing is finally over. That that well, long, long TV chill nightmare is finally over. <laughs> TBD on that one. Uh, he sounded Luke sounded a little irritated, which was which is why I think he'll be done. He he's not going to let it pass again. So good. <laughs> Well, let's go to some cheese feedback. We did get one uh, email from Justina who said, Craft white American cheese, it's a thing, and sent us a gigantic picture of a package of Craft white American cheese-ish singles. So I, w- I would like to try it. My only fear is this: they are not related at all, but... White chocolate and chocolate are in no way similar, and I don't mm-hmm. really love. I don't like hate white chocolate, but it's a fully different thing. Yeah, Emily's um, the same way. She actually does really dislike it. White chocolate, and it is way different. It's sweeter, and it's just mm-hmm. as different. And so I like. Is there well, it has more sugar? Different yeah. mouth feel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so I wonder, like, how white cheddar 
quote unquote cheese tastes different than, you know, the yellow kind, the orangey yellow kind. Well, I don't know. That's a taste test I'd do. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we could do all of the like fake cheeses, you know, a little, a little, instead of being like, oh, this was like, you know, created by monks in the, you know, the Alps. It's like, <laughs> this is created by craft. <laughs> yeah, this was created by some dudes in a laboratory in 1946. Sure. Uh, why not? <laughs> well, on that note, um, comments from Facebook, Tanya said, I love all cheeses, fancy and not, but damn it, if a weird craft American singles doesn't just hit the spot sometimes. Not proud of this sentence. Oh, but I agree. I agree. I totally agree. When I was little, my favorite thing to do was to get one of the cheese slices, you know, undo the plastic, and then I would put it, like, fold it into, like, several, like, keep folding, keep folding, keep folding as mm-hmm. small as I could get them. So then I would eat one little, <laughs> I was a yes. really weird kid. I would eat one like little a, piece. Did you? Dagwood. Of a... <laughs> <laughs> did you fold the strips and then did you fold them into squares yes. or eat the strips? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah. So it was squares. like squares on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> a cheese so sandwich weird. with cheese buns. <laughs> Basically. I think probably it was like a part of like a weight loss strategy. Strategy. I yes, would be hungry and be probably. like, oh, this is going to feel like it's more mm-hmm. food. If you can break it into smaller pieces and eat it longer, then you have the illusion that it's more calories. Yeah. Wasn't there some diet stuff? Uh, I'm sure it still exists where you like pop and or you hold an M&M or whatever it is that you want to eat. And then you That's like, bite part of it or whatever. Mindful eating. It's just like, come on now. Eat it or don't eat it. Just Feel it doesn't weight, need to be an ordeal. Smell it savor it and i'm like i'm down with this if you can add like about a cup of yes, M&M's to i this. don't yeah. not one i want yeah. a handful i don't care how long you look at it one m&m is not gonna satisfy me oh what no. nope <laughs> it's a volume thing <laughs> well back to cheese Emily posted a link to the Costco Sid Wainer and Son Cheese Lover Artisan Wedding Cake. You can get a cheese wedding cake. Mm. I don't know why I never thought about that before. I think you really disappoint a lot of cake fans. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a cake fan. I'd be happy with the cheese wedding cake. But, um, you know, I have my own cheese supply at home. But, I, you know, I go to a wedding. I expect maybe it's a wedding cake, even if I'm not that into it. You know, tradition. Right. Well... How much does okay? This cheese wedding cake is four hundred thirty nine ninety nine. How much does a normal wedding cake cost? Can you get both? Oh mm. yeah, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wedding cakes budget. can be like psychotically expensive, but right, well, no. you don't get the crazy ones. Yes, no, no, no. Um, and fondant, feature- fondant, it's bullshit. So don't. Oh ever no, pay for no it. buttercream all the way. All the way. Uh, features twenty four pounds of artisan cheese serves one hundred and five to one hundred and fifty people. One hundred and five. That's very specific. One hundred five to one hundred and fifty. Really- <laughs> yeah. Are they just saying okay? Well, maybe your wedding's gonna have a lot of fatties at it, so we're gonna go with one hundred and five on that one. I guess. Uh, price per pound is $18.33. God, that's expensive. That is. Yeah, isn't it? But, you know, it's your wedding. It's the yeah. day of your oh, dreams. God. There's a, oh, what does it say? What kinds of cheese? Uh, well, they deliver to the courthouse where I have my $26 <laughs> ceremony. I, that's all I want to know. 
They don't decorate it though. They don't include de- decorations, flowers, ribbons, or edi- edible bucks garnishes. A, a pound, and there's nothing to it but cheese. <laughs> yep, you, you got to dress it up yourself. Oh, screw <laughs> these people! I love Costco. I mean, but come on now. Right, but okay. Here, I was looking for a list of what kind of cheeses they include: red Leicester, Danish Blue. Mercia Alvino, I've never heard of that. Oh, our drunken goat cheese. Tuscan sheep's cheese and white angelique triple cream brie. Oh, God. So. Will they take the crust off for me? (laughs) (laughs) Can I get an uncrustable brie? Mm, It looks like that one is on the top. So maybe that would be the fondant equivalent if you just cut it all and let it run down the sides. Okay. All right, we got a plan. We're in. <laughs> Thank you, Emily, for that. Um, Bobby posted a picture of this spaghetti parm abomination. I mean, I'm sure it's delicious, but it looks like an alien of some sort. So if well, anybody wants to see what he talked about. Emily uh, makes a baked spaghetti that's really good, and this is a similar item. Um, I could have done without the giant turd on top of it. So that... <laughs> That looked really bad. I mean, it's not a plating that's designed to be attractive. This is good rib stick and food. So sure, yes, sure. I yeah. mean, Bobby's favorite thing to eat is a garbage plate. So let's True. keep, keep <laughs> things mm-hmm. in perspective. Mm-hmm. He, there's nothing he won't put in his uh, face hole, except for today when he's having a new or uh, recently he's having new grill installed. So he's yeah. on drugs and uh, just probably can't indulge in as as much. Uh, culinary delight as he normally does <laughs> poor bobby we're thinking of you i feel like i could i could do a lot with ice cream uh yeah 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 he's such a hearty eater though man he this, he goes for it if you've ever hung out with bobby and i know you two have mm-hmm. dude can put it back <laughs> <laughs> i do love to watch people eat <laughs> <It's> great <laughs> He eats with gusto. I'll give him mm-hmm. a- uh, From Catherine, she posted a picture of the, this is like a panoramic picture of the Zingerman's deli <laughs> counter. So when we go visit Meredith and go to Ann Arbor and go to Zingerman's, we'll have been able to study the cheeses. It's very <laughs> impressive. We we won't have to panic when we get up to the front. We'll already, okay, I know where all this shit is. Here, I want two of those, one of those, half pound of that. Get me out of here. <laughs> but um, she talked about how she does taster she she gets up there and, and does a they let you do a lot of tasting mm-hmm. um that would be very nervous making for me i mean i might ask for one but she was talking about oh, oh we'll taste all this and that and- uh, listen i get stressed out when i go to tcby with my kids because they're like mm, <laughs> we want to taste this and i'm like keep it moving you got to keep it moving there's yeah, people backing yeah. up behind us Mm-hmm. I would say keep it to two if there are people in line behind yeah. you at a place. Yes. Once you ask for the third uh, sample, you're getting some yeah. daggers in the back. You yes. can you can hear people's eye eyes rolling. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but I've heard it happen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Carolyn uh, said, I didn't want to add any travel stories to my survey, but since you all did. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Carolyn. <laughs> Uh, I was in Japan for a week in October in a smaller town, and I deliberately oh, chose to eat only Japanese dishes w- while I was there, which is sidebar. I think that's an excellent 
choice. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of courageous because sometimes you're like, oh, my God, I just want a cheeseburger. But, you know, I mean, if you're there, eat their food. Um, continuing. So six days with no cheese, which the food I did have was so good I didn't mind. But I did ask my husband to make me a grilled cheese as a homecoming meal. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. I can't think of anything better yep. than have a grilled cheese that somebody else made for me when I walk in the door. Mm-hmm. It's a dream. Go uh, and Mike, I would like some clarification from your wife on this comment. Okay. She says, Mike Frizzell, head cheese. Head, yes. Cheese, no. Oh, I think she was trying to explain to me that head cheese is not cheese and that it's made out of heads. Head, yes. Yeah. So, didn't you, you know. uh, read Little House in the Big Woods? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. I think that was the book where they made head cheese. <laughs> hmm. No, I didn't read that, but I I know from seeing it in the deli case, I know it for a fact to be you know not cheese mm-hmm. and still you know disturbing as hell <laughs> to look at. Well, I mean, they it's need a rebranding big right? time. Yeah, yeah. Head cheese and sweetbreads need Ugh, to be rebranded, re-branded because yeah. uh, we need a little more truth in advertising. Mincemeat is also another thing that's <laughs> true. very much misunderstood. <laughs> true. I like, like, I enjoy, and um, in Spanish, they're a little bit more explicit. Like, lengua, I believe, is tongue, and lengua means language. Like, lengua is mean, like, you're like, you order it, and that means you're eating tongue, but... It means language in Spanish. So I kind of like that. I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's not, it doesn't say tongue, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the drift. Yeah. It rolls off the lengua. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good show title. Yeah. Um. All right. Now let's go to some question of the week stuff. We Two weeks ago, we did the question on what is your personal Razzle dazzle, Mike. You weren't on that show, were you? What's your razzle dazzle? I'm a good guesser. Yes, that's I can, right. Mm, I guess okay. I guess things. Um, Emily is really tired of of me being such a good guesser, but she still <laughs> uses my powers when she needs mm-hmm. them. Uh, uses them for good, I hope. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's hard to explain, but like uh, an example would be if you were like if you were forking over some money to buy a. When, you know, if you've ever gone somewhere where you like, ha- have to guess how many gumballs are in the jar oh, yeah. or, you know, th- those kind of bullshit things. Um, I, I'm i not saying that I will always win or, or even ever win, but my guess will always be within a, a decent range of the answer. Whereas other people, like we used to do this contest for Papa John's when I take my, my Volkswagen Beetle to an event and we'd fill it with different size pizza boxes. And ask people to guess how many boxes were in there. And then the winner would, you know, get pizza for a year or something like that. And people would guess, you know, between like 12, you know, and you could see through the window. There's, you know, clearly maybe 100 at least in the visible. But people would guess anywhere from like like low teens to like 10,000. What, <laughs> what are you looking at? Just walk around one time and you can guess within like. 20 i think you dummies but (laughs) 
but I'm good at guessing stuff like that, and guessing prices, guessing this and that, and mm-hmm. um, it's. Uh, I didn't realize I really had this power. I was just always a good guesser and never really noticed it until, like, someone said, "Man, you 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 always seem to be close on these guesses." And I was, "Oh yeah, I am. I'm good." So that's my razzle dazzle. All right, I like it. I would say that I am, I am a good guesser on that jar of candy thing, and I think it's uh-huh. less about being a good calculator and guesser and more that I so desperately want the candy. You want to win put it. A lot of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of brain yeah. power into it. It's a lot right. of motivation there. <laughs> a lot of calculating of, of area. And sure. You get out your tape things. measure. <laughs> like, hold you, me- you measure the, you measure the piece of can one piece of the candy and then you measure the jar. I want that jar of jelly beans. Damn yeah. it. At that point, it's not really a guess anymore. It's like, calculation <laughs> and as an adult of course you can just go to the grocery store and buy them but when i was a kid and oh, yeah. didn't yeah. have that access to candy high stakes yep <laughs> um well um we did ask the razzle dazzle question on the facebook group and boy howdy did yeah. you guys come yep. through i was going I through it. them last night and i want to read all 84 comments and i can't i can't <laughs> i can't so there's some good ones. I picked a lot, a bunch. Um, Kalina says I can and have always been able to lull any baby to sleep. My family calls me the baby whisperer. I mm. think I responded to her and I'm like, where were you five years ago? Because <laughs> Sir Rory, like master, uh, Commander Rory was not like super interested in sleep. So I would have loved to have Kalina come over to my house, even mm-hmm. though she lives thousands of miles away. Mm hmm. I always said I was the baby whisperer, and then I can't remember my my stepsister's baby really proves me wrong you. on that one. <clears throat> that kid yeah, would not you stop met your screaming. Match. Yep. Uh, Heather submitted a couple, but I picked this one because it's amazing. She says, I can guess the weight of a watermelon to the tenth of a pound using only a tape measure. It's a super useful skill. <laughs> well, it's true because you can't get the watermelon on the scale at the central market. It won't fit. So you have to, you don't want to get surprised at the counter by it being 20 cents more. Uh, you know, when you get to the checkout, it's 20 cents more than you anticipated. You want but to be how close. Do you, how do you know that it's not like a super juicy watermelon? Do they? Is there a standard juice ratio? <laughs> Well, that's a question for Heather. I mean, she probably knows all these things. I confess I'm not very fond of watermelon or melon in general because I find it all to be watery Mm -hmm. (laughs) and unappealing. (laughs) So I don't know that much about the juiciness of watermelon. So maybe Heather can give us a tutorial. But she said only a tape measure. It's wild. She doesn't need to like feel it. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I would say take an extra ease. dollar to the store in case and just leave the tape measure at home. That's that's my advice because I don't want to be that guy in the produce section. Do you buy watermelon by the pound or is it a unit? Yeah. Oh, oh. I, I thought it was it used to be by the pound. I don't know. I haven't bought one in a I long figured time. it was like, I don't know, four ninety nine a watermelon or whatever. Then why would you, why would you even bother worrying about the the weight of it? I think there is a weight component to it. I think it is, if I remember correctly, because my kids always try to get me to buy it. And I'm like, this is way too labor intensive. I am willing to pay the extra money for the pre-cut watermelon if you really want it. I'm not cutting <laughs> right. up a watermelon. Maybe 
Heather is on the judging board for <laughs> oh. largest fruits and vegetables sure. at like the county fair. Mm-hmm. And so the tape measure comes into it because she has to measure the girth of the watermelon. <laughs> That's one component. And then obviously the weight would be another. Now, you got to you gotta go to the store with the, the little cloth tape measure, like a tailor tape measure. Because yep. if you go with like the one you use, the, <laughs> the one Stanley we use all the time, <laughs> then you're, you're in the produce section. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, the fuck is this guy? Don't mind me just measuring my produce. <laughs> Boy, these are big yeah. cucumbers. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, can I read the next one? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this next one, um, I'm going to read what it says before I say who said it. And it is, I honestly don't think I have a razzle-dazzle. Mm. That came in from North Carolina, uh, Kristen. <laughs> North Carolina grandma, Kristen. Um, no, it came from my sister, Kristen, who lives in Nashville. And yeah, I was the like, idea well, she should move to North Carolina. To you. And I was like, shut up. Um <laughs> You're, it's like you're begging for compliments. We're all like, no, we love you so much. Oh, you know is that what it is? Okay, yeah. Now I get it. I get it. Because no. I was saying, why, why would you? Why would you put that? Um, well, because she wants to participate. She's a nice sister. But um, <laughs> she has a lot of razzle dazzles. She's really knowledgeable about history. And I do remember I went to go visit her in college when I was like in seventh grade, and she would take. I'm like a world-class procrastinator. I really work best under pressure, which is annoying to me. I hate it. She would get the syllabus at the beginning of the year at school. And she went to Emory. Like, she went to a good school. You know, it wasn't, like, super easy or anything. And she would get the syllabus and just, like, do the work and be done by the end of the semester, basically. I mean, she would be done before the semester was over. So I was like, you're really Um, good at homework. And? (laughs) Nerds. You guys are nerds. You know, uh, one time, this was an English class, I think it was a Shakespeare class, not that that matters, and the professor, you know, would they give the paper assignment, and then you have like five weeks to write the paper, and I actually went home, like he gave it on a Friday, and I went back to my dorm room, and I wrote the paper that weekend, and edited it, printed it, cover sheet, stapled <laughs> it, put it in my color-coded class folder. Oh, my God. And when the day came five weeks later to turn it in, and he was like, okay, don't forget to turn in your papers before you leave, I went, <gasps> because I couldn't remember whether I'd actually written it or not. Oh, God. I did it so early that I forgot oh I wrote the paper. That Ser- serves you right. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I went diving into my folder, and I had five weeks of, like, handouts and whatever in front of it. I'm, like, paging, 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 paging. (gasps) There it is. Thank God. (sighs) See, conversely, one time I... Uh, we they were like, okay, like turning your paper, but you know, you have to like it's a research paper, so you have to share where you got your research. I just thought we were writing like a paper, like just like <laughs> doing a book report basically. And I was like, I have one, I have one source. I didn't do and well it's on Wikipedia. That. <laughs> <I know>. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I got a C on that paper. I I bullshitted my way out of it, but yeah, I was I. Christian is you guys are good at reading carefully. Um, and also, Kristen is a member of my family. She is just like me. She can talk. Y'all met her. Actually, yep, yep. Mike, I don't. That Mike could be. Oh, you met her at my birthday at your party. party. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, whatever. We're all the same. We can talk to a wall. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, we're Kristen. You got some compliments. <laughs> we love you, Kristen. We think you're. You don't fabulous. have to move to North Carolina. You're relevant <laughs> to the conversation. Keep participating. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Andrea has um, a couple of good ones here. She says, I can squeeze the last bit of toothpaste or mayonnaise out of a tube like nobody's business. Also, I can recite the alphabet backwards. Well, that's and I started useful thinking, if you get pulled over for DUI. Exactly. <laughs> How often do you worry about getting pulled over by the cops, Andrea? Yeah, right, right. You're practicing. You, you I, get someone I mean, else to blow into the ignition thing, and then you you just practice. You keep the windows open to stay awake and practice the alphabet backwards on your way home. I feel like I'm you know relatively smart and kind of my brain is organized but i can go like z y x yeah and then it's and, and is it w or is it v like i don't know i get three letters in and that's it i know no just don't worry about it and call a lift <laughs> <laughs> go back and get your car tomorrow it's fine true uh and louise says i like naming pets and babies and i think i'm good at it but no one has taken me up on my offer to name their kid <laughs> I Do we have that. anybody listening who's getting ready to have yeah. a child because Anne Louise is offering her services? You know, we will eventually get another dog. So maybe I'll hit up Anne Louise mm, when the time comes. I thought you were going to say we will eventually have another kid. No. Like, what? No. <laughs> the factory is closed. It's locked up. We're done. Oh, well, you say that now. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> But, you know, you're the youngest of five, and all your siblings are a fair amount older than you are. Oh, my gosh. But I'm also 41. My mom was 32 when she had me. So (laughs) I'm old. I can't do it. Uh, Jean says, I have an ability to sift through remarks that people have said and sometimes predict what that means their next actions will be. For example... After leaving a group meeting, I said, I think X is getting a divorce. My husband wondered about how I knew that. I said to wait and see. In my retirement, I've been able to mostly turn that off. Oh, Gene. a good guesser. Gene, I want, I want you to be my friend, like live near me because that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that's very good. You're like a medium or something. I mean, not really, because you're just kind of, you know, <laughs> sifting through comments. But oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. I like it. It just means that she has like a good emotional IQ. She's yes. like really good at reading people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like it. Uh, Christine, uh, Hillary's friend. I would just like to say this is the kind of person <laughs> that you brought into our group, Hillary. I did. Christine says, I can make a farting noise, not just with hand in the armpit, not just with two hands squeezed together, but low with my hands behind my knees. Mic drop. Wow. <laughs> I've never been able to do any of that. I haven't either. No. Those uh, tricks. I never. haven't either. You know, Me I'm... Either. I'm Doesn't I'm, mean I'm jealous. Though. The reason why I'm in Dallas right now is because Christine... I told Christine I would come up here and she and her husband are running the marathon in Dallas tomorrow and I would come, like, root for them. Um, so she's, like, a very talented... Uh, capable athletic person but also i'm gonna make her do that after the marathon just to punish her and be like "Uh, can you do that now i think it'd be cool if you were like coming up behind someone you're about to pass them and you just start doing the fart noises (laughs) or you just pass them and you you cut directly in front of them and start making the fart noises and they're like oh no (laughs) no I just love it because it's such an eight-year-old boy thing. It is. Like, I have this distinct memory of Matt being about that age. And he used to be able to do, I want to say, like, somehow both knees and an armpit at the same time. (laughs) And so he would be sitting at the kitchen table, like, furiously flapping his arms and flapping his knees. Matt Man's world. (laughs) 
Uh, Bet says, I'm good for when someone is looking for a thing. I have it or know where to find it. Oh. <laughs> That's great. So when Bet's husband is like, honey, have you, I don't know, seen my keys? She's like, yeah, they're right on the whatever. That is helpful. And that's an honest to God superpower. It is. Is what that is. Just it is. means that she pays attention. I love it. Yeah. Um, our lovely Renee, who we gave such a hard time to about her. Hi girl. Her dislike of pasta. She says, it may seem basic, but I'm a great dancer. It's just my thing. Hillary and I will be the entertainment at the girls' Tishi live event after party. <laughs> I like, there's so much to this, but it cracked me up. Like, we're just like up on the stage. And, like, dancing. Nobody needs to see that. I got to, uh, I would love to see Dave bust through the door <laughs> with his signature moves. Uh, Oh, I'm yeah. so looking little, forward to that. Little overbite. But I think like Renee has training. Yeah, white I, man I, overbite going. I can't on. remember off the top of my head, Renee, but I like she does salsa or something. Oh wow, that's yeah. actual like steps, and you go to classes to get good at. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Not that is... not just bust a move at the wedding, <laughs> a la Dave. I can do the Roger Rabbit, and that is about the extent of my... Um... I'm not familiar. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll do it next time up. we see each other. I still bust okay. it out from time to time. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Lauren came in short and sweet with a great one, gift wrapping. And she did provide a couple of pictures of some of her work. That's a good one. I'm good at yeah. gift wrapping, too. Yeah, I my think sister that's is, too. It's part great. of being like compulsive and stuff, like always <laughs> having to get the creases really... Yeah. Um, sharp and stuff. I, I will spend half an hour wrapping a Christmas present. So I'm I always think I'm going to be more. good at it, and then I suck at it. I'm terrible like, at it. Like I, I just think I have the skill to do it, and then as soon as I start wrapping something, it like every every instinct that I have is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if if mine is a like a cube, I can do it. Like I could, I can uh, do a cube. It's like something you know that is even and you know has the lines that I can measure on. I can do it okay, but. I, when I when I um, manage the luggage store, I would definitely have people say, "Can you can you wrap that?" And I'm like, oh. and it'd be the ones out of the box. And I'm like, oh, okay, no. sh- I guess, like I guess. <laughs> Do you really like, love this person? Because <laughs> like, um, you might you want to take it somewhere else. Put it in a, like, just hide it. So what? Why do you want to wrap this? Just say it's from Santa and bring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, they have gigantic gift bags at I Target. Know. Yes, I kind I this was like kind of predated this, but yeah, I kind of would try to lead them there, like go to Target. But uh, yeah, it was <laughs> sucked, it sucked. Okay, get me four, give me four rolls of uh, tape uh, <laughs> and six unmatching rolls of Christmas and birthday, uh, and oh. pro- possibly some some comics from the Sunday paper, and I'll get this thing done for you. <laughs> Well, I I have, of course, tons of retail gift wrapping experience, having worked at a gift store for, this is my 21st Christmas there. I'm going to work on Christmas Eve, and it's going to be the 21st Christmas Eve in a row that I have worked. Like, I don't know what else you do on Christmas Eve. (laughs) But uh, we have a very simple wrapping scheme there. They use, like, brown craft wrapping paper and uh, twine to do it. Oh, that's cute. So it's very rustic. Like rustic, But it, it... I have wrapped some weird shapes yeah. in my day. So, Oh, uh, and speaking of working on Christmas Eve, uh, Emily was trying to coordinate Cullen's schedule for the holidays, and he has just started working full-time um, as a data entry person. Mm-hmm. And 
he was, she asked him if he was coming over for Christmas and he said, well, I need to check my work schedule. And... <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. sweet boy. Yeah. I think she just let it go, but we were, we were both like, yeah, he's, he'll learn. He'll learn. Can you imagine you know, some data entry company said, nope, <laughs> gotta work. What kind of, what kind of Bob Cratchit you know, <laughs> am I that I've got to go in on Christmas to, to throw in some, throw in some info, you know, in your file. We have this class of, I guess, holidays at the university that they call floating holidays, mm-hmm. which just means that they move them around. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they use them for different things or sometimes, you know, when uh, holidays are on different days they're not on the same calendar day every year then you know they shift them around to deal with that and uh, my friend rob many years ago when he was new and he'd never worked an office job before he saw this floating holiday on his calendar and he's he was like oh i mean if it's floating i'll just move it somewhere else and use it where it's coming for me. And so Martin Luther King Jr. Day, he came into the office and he always used to get in really early. Like he's one of those people that comes to work at 6.30. And he was in the office for a while and he was like, well, gosh, I wonder why, where is everybody? (laughs) He realized. (laughs) Oh, that's what they meant. Whoops. (laughs) It's not floating for you to move. It's floating for the regents to move. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, Boy, um, from Carolyn. This is the same Carolyn that posted about her Japan trip. So this makes sense. She says, I'm an expert in kumihimo, the Japanese art of braid making. That's cool. Originally done in Shinto and Buddhist temples, kumihimo is most clo- closely associated with samurai who use long, strong, flexible, and supple silk braids to decorate and hold together their armor. After the samurai era and up to today, kumihimo is used in kimono dressing as the rope that holds the obi or ties a hayori. I don't know how to pronounce hayori. Uh, Since kumihimo was introduced to non-Japanese artisans in the 1970s, it has become a popular way to make jewelry. And she included uh, links to a couple of galleries of stuff that she's made. And it's beautiful. And I think she, like, gets featured in publications and stuff because I've seen some things she's posted. So... That's really cool. cool. It's very cool. It's good stuff. Yeah. I would like to have a, a, a braiding hobby. I can do regular braids, but nothing like that. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, Leslie comes to us with the practical. She says, I'm really, really good at ironing and folding. I should have worked at the Gap or <laughs> f- folded towels at Bed Bath & Beyond or something. Uh, that's my favorite scene in Reality Bites, a movie that Mike and I have sort of discussed. But when she folds, I mean, she uses the the folding thing yeah. like the tray but she's like folding frame she's like oh look at this look at this like it makes me laugh so hard every single time but it is like so impressive i again because i think i'm a slob i'm I, like i can fold shirts and stuff okay if it's a regular regularly sized thing but like sheets hell no oh well i continue to be amazed at the fitted sheet and Ugh. anybody who can make those neat and tidy Symmetrical. folded yeah, they're just balled up and thrown. Okay, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and now we have a king size bed, and I'm like, this is too much. I can't deal with this. It's too much fabric. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm just gonna roll in a ball. <laughs> it's gonna make a tube. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I know that um, specifically at Kohl's, but I assume in other like major clothing stores, they have a shift that's just called recovery, 
which yeah. is overnight, where they just go through and like refold all the stacks stack. in the store. And re- yeah, that's what they don't do at Ross. Everything they do at the... Neither at Nordstrom Rack. Jeez Louise, I went there the other day and I, was, I, I felt like that guy. Like, is this downtown Beirut? Like, what is going on here? And I was there early. I was there at like 10. And it was just like... Things people looked at stuff and just like threw it behind them. Like no, They're too busy sending me emails from the one time I <laughs> mistakenly gave them my email address ten years ago. Hillary, do they have like the little mobile checkout? No, there they that freaks use... me out. Well, I, I normally I would like it because I mean normally I agree with you. The other day though, I had to wait in a line familiar. that was like all around the store, and I really well, wanted something, so I was like, fine. <laughs> So, Mike, so you have the regular checkout lines, and you may be, like, heading to the line or waiting in the line, and someone will say, oh, come on over here. I can check it over here. And they take you, like, into this random place in the middle of the clothing racks, and they have, like, a little scanner and a little, like, receipt printer, and they just do it there for you. Okay. Yeah. So you don't have to stand in any kind of line. And I've seen in the one at the Mall of America, they have, I don't know, like, four or five maybe more just little mobile checkout stands it just seems so unofficial i kind of like the sound of that because my business philosophy is if someone's ready to give you money you should take it as quickly as possible before they change their mind but but it also you don't get any like i know like marshall's and i think ross does this too they have a lot of random items near their checkout so Mm -hmm. like while you're standing in line you're like what 2.99 for (laughs) Egyptian cotton sheets. What? I'm getting them. You know? <laughs> Even though they, they're seemingly used and stuff back in the past. Yeah, the add-on. I remember, and I don't know if this is still a thing, but I remember when I worked at the luggage store, the like items per sale was a really big metric. Like that was mm-hmm. like one of our, it was almost like more than how much you, I mean, obviously how much people spent is a big deal, but yeah. you know, if they spent, bought more than one items per unit, it's like, yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's always that encouragement to, to get an add-on like for us it would be if they're buying a cribbage board why don't you suggest they get a deck of cards to go with it and here we have you know decks of cards that have minnesota wildlife scenes on it or whatever so just just that little thing to kind of inch it up yeah it's almost pure profit at that point that's Mm -hmm. it was big part of like why we kept trying to make people order their food online is because um when you're on the phone you feel a little bit rushed. You're not looking at the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're stressed you, out you, a little bit about it. Right. And yeah. if you're online, you're like, oh, those garlic knots look fantastic. <laughs> Let me indulge in those. Uh, I'll add this and take away that. And, you mm-hmm. know, we get, oh, we need, do we, do we need any Diet Coke? Okay, I'll get that. Why, too. yes, I would like a dessert <laughs> pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you're hungry and you're online and you see all the pictures. And we just used to push the hell out of people to get online because also then we could fire some of our terrible order takers and uh, or, or move them over to the make line because the phones aren't ringing. Well, I, th- I think um, I walked into the UW store one night, one Friday night, and I was in a panic because the phones just were, it was just ringing like maybe every minute or so the phone was ringing. It's so a Friday night at 6.30 and I'm like, holy shit, this is terrible. But everyone's just so busy making the pizza. And then I looked and said, oh, we're about 65% online orders. So oh. the, the orders are just popping up and we don't need to answer the phone, uh, which is great because most most people don't 
don't do well on the phone. Mm-mm. Why did we ever invent them in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> Straight from telegraph to email. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally on our Razzle Dazzles, we got a late one from our friend Alan, who we oh. hope is feeling better. He's home from the hospital, recovering, and well enough to post on Facebook he uh, attached a picture, and he said, the closest thing to razzle-dazzle I got, I'm on the string bass. And it looks like a like a country quartet of some sort. He's got the upright double bass, and there's a lady with a really cute country dress, and another lady with, looks like some drumsticks, and a guy with a, mm, is that a guitar or banjo? I can't tell, but they're standing in front of some giant boots, so... Um, I don't think that's close to Razzle Dazzle, Alan. I think uh, that's definitely that's Razzle Dazzle. I love a man who can play the upright bass. That's very cool. He's also a cat whisperer, too. I don't know if everyone knew that, but <laughs> he's very much a cat guy, and they love him. Yep. All right. Um, time for the uh, question of the week for this week. And if you want to get in on this, go to our <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> what movie traumatized you as a child? Uh, who wants to go first here? Oh, I I'll go Hillary first. Hillary has a good story. I do. Okay. It's actually really, um, it's, it's good that I'm in Dallas right now because I can like get back into the zone of like how I felt at this time. Like, let's set the scene. It's, it's Dallas. It's, <clears throat> I believe it was 1983. Um, actually, hold on one sec. I'm going to double check the exact, just to, so I can anchor myself at a, uh, how old I was. Yes, it came out in 1983. Okay. So it was 1983. My mother had gone out of town. I think she had gone to see her mother in Washington, D.C. So my father, who had five kids, but you know, didn't always take care of them alone. My dad's a great dad, but you know, it was a time and a place. Um, he had three of us kids. The older two must have been out doing something. He had my sister, Kristen, who was previously mentioned, my brother, Matthew, and me, and decided to take us to the movies. So it's 1983. I am four years old. He decides that he really wants to go see The Twilight Zone. <laughs> um, I he really wanted to see it so he took the three kids out to the movies to go see it and it was the scariest fucking movie i've ever seen and fully traumatized me for years on (laughs) there is a part where the guy goes like you want to see something really scary and he puts they're driving i think it's dan Aykroyd, and he puts his face like down into like away from him and then he just looks up and he goes like and i think i crawled up on like Kristen's like head basically like i was like no why my dad didn't just like take I think we watched the whole movie and so from then on I um was scared of everything I I didn't would I don't think of myself as a scared child like I a very timid child but I was scared of everything if we went to there was a five and dime store in, in our neighborhood called Emmy Moses we loved going there except at Halloween I could not go in there because I hated masks so much that I would start crying as soon as I went in there and then my dad also to just like double down on it like he didn't have sympathy he didn't really feel that bad I don't think he if I was being bad or I was like whining or something he would say I'm gonna go get the mask like (gasps) (laughs) 
like a family joke, but it really did traumatize me as a child. But my dad, I will say for him, and my mom was pissed. She was like, why would you take Hillary to go see this movie? She's four years old. Like, this is not appropriate. But she, um, my dad said that he um, watched the movie recently and felt really bad that he took me. He was like, I'm really sorry that I took you to that movie. Anyway, so it's also kind of, I think this is the movie. It's kind of like a, a um, like a terrible story as well because like people died on the set of it. Like John Landis was yeah. the director and I oh, think yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee's dad died on the set of it. And so did like a bunch of, a couple children or something. Like it's a very like scarring uh, uh, movie, but it also personally scarred me. So thanks dad. But no, <laughs> it's fine. Well, <laughs> I, I think I can go next because I have a related story, uh, family, scary movie, that kind of thing. When I was in uh, elementary school, if you if you just showed up and didn't screw up or distract the teachers, uh, somehow they would give you this set, this like book of movie passes uh, at the uh, end of the year. Yeah, that you'd yeah, go yeah. to yeah. the movies in the summer, and I I would go to every movie at the Crossroads Mall, which is the mall nearest my house, and. So at least this one, this one was a freebie, and they would they would show like these Disney uh, type movies, and um, I had to have somebody take me because I was in elementary school. I wasn't a complete latchkey kid yet, so my brother, whom I didn't get along great with, uh, took me to a movie one time. You know, they had these movies like The Apple Dumpling Gang and just silly movies and the one that that uh he took me to was a very silly movie and it starred Don Knotts and uh, but I didn't know I mean I'm I'm I don't know eight nine years old at the most and I don't know that the ghost and Mr. Chicken is a comedy (laughs) all I know is the the eyes and the painting were following people around the room and I was I was terrified and I think I cried. I'm pretty sure I cried. And the only I I was not a crier except when I'd lose a little league game or something. Um, I was completely, almost completely, not unemotional, but I didn't show a lot of emotion for anything else. But that got me. And my brother is 59 years old now and still never misses an opportunity to tease me about crying uh, at the ghost and Mr. Chicken. So, thanks a lot, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> I'm smelling another Facebook watch party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see it again. I don't want to see it. I feel like I'm done. <laughs> you know, my brother has a sort of similar story that I think he went to see, my parents took him to go see, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, that was scary. And he would have to sleep with my parents. Like when he was like too old to be sleeping with my parents, Mm -hmm. he would like sneak in. (laughs) Yeah, that that that, the pointing and the and the yes, the the pointing, and that's what we would do. Like we would sort of do it. (laughs) You're you bastards! I hate you. That's awful. Well, that sort of leads a little bit into mine, which I'm just gonna take. One year after Hillary's in 1984, <laughs> when I was seven, 
and I saw the trailer for Gremlins mm. on TV. Mm. I didn't even see the movie. <laughs> I saw the trailer, and my mother had to sleep in my bedroom for a week. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It is scary. Yep. I saw it. I think I saw it in college, and I was like, damn. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be. <laughs> It's, like that. it's had a resurgence lately when people are like, LOL, it's a Christmas movie. And I'm like, get that off my screens. This is not a yeah. Christmas no. movie. Just because it takes well, place at Christmas. And we we had a book of gremlins that was, you know, one of those that would have stills from the movie in mm. it. Mm. And one of those things that you would get through like the scholastic book program but i can't imagine how we got it because i never would have picked it but it was somehow in our house and i would see it in the bookcase in my room and i would get scared and i went through a period probably until i was 12 where i would hide it under some piece of furniture and my mother would find it and put it back in the bookcase (laughs) because she didn't understand that it was freaking me out Mm -hmm. just to have the book there Uh, yeah but that that was a movie that i didn't see the other one that came to mind when I was a little older, maybe 11, was the movie Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. With David Bowie yeah. as the Goblin King. And in that movie, uh, Jennifer Connelly's little baby brother was oh. kidnapped by the Goblin King. And Matt was exactly at that age. Yeah. He was like a year old. And so I was like, nope. I yeah. do not want my baby brother kidnapped by a Goblin King. That was really traumatizing for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was <clears throat> Labyrinth and like, and like the Dark Crystal. I know they're not the same thing at all, but they just kind of gave me bad feelings, sort of. Like, I don't really have. I know a lot of people love Labyrinth, and like David Bowie was like a sexual awakening for them at a young age. It just it like gave me bad feelings. I didn't. I, I, I know really what you're like saying, uh, Hillary. There are movies that just. They have the bad feeling. And I think the director is kind of going for <laughs> yeah. that. But when you're a little kid, you know, you, sh- you, shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't be exposed to the bad feeling. Yeah, there was another movie called The Secret of Nim that I had on tape. Yes. And that really freaked me out. And I was, I was like, no. Frisbee. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I was like, I don't want to watch that. Like those it. evil rats. Yes. Well, that was a good on, movie. On, the, on a different sort of scary tip um i was talking to emily about this this morning this question and she said that uh, uh old yeller uh oh god yeah that's a different a kind of trauma oh my yep. god they she was she was convinced you. there was a cougar in her bedroom i think for she I think she said for at least a week maybe a month um because I think a cougar got Old Yeller at the end. I'm not sure how. No, it well, went, but... Old Yeller had rabies. I think they had to shoot. Oh, him. They okay. Sh- they shot okay. him. They made him but shoot were, him, which is like the were... worst. Oh, I know. And and this is. <laughs> they showed it to us like one of the teachers when I was in third or fourth grade or something must have been hung over or just didn't want to do their job that day, <laughs> and they showed Old Yeller in the classroom, and and I, and I was, oh what? my god, this is. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Old Yeller and like Sounder. There's a whole like genre that are aimed Dogs for kids. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that the Old Yeller really made me aware of and focused on rabies <laughs> yes. in my okay. childhood. Well, yeah, that, I had that experience with uh, Cujo. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Which I saw in the theater. Oh. And uh, I had never been a dog owner. And yeah, it, it, uh, it might have kept me off 
at least uh what was that dog it was giant saint bernard i don't know what it was uh, yeah something like that it scared something me like off that. dog ownership for a while wasn't there an um, old yeller um storyline on friends wasn't it that Phoebe had never seen the end of Old Yellers? She thought it was oh, no. a happy ending because oh, her yeah. mom always turned it off before right, it got right, to the right. bad part. Oh, that's tough. Because right. they shoot him, right? Yeah. 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 There is well, a, he was old. He had a good run. There's a movie that kind of ties into other stuff that we're going to talk about, but I... Um, we like to watch old movies a lot in the house, and so we watched... My sister was like, oh, I really, really want to watch this movie called Imitation of Life. And I was like, okay. Sandra Dee's in it and Lana Turner. And it's, you know, this beautiful sort of 50s. It's, I'm going to hold on. I've got to figure out what the director is because it's going to make me Douglas. Hold on. Cirque? Yes, it's a Douglas Stark movie. So it's like this very like kind of overwrought 50s movie. And there's but it has a lot of stuff about race in it. And spoiler alert, sorry, but it came out in the 50s. The <laughs> housekeeper who's sort of the hero of the story dies at the end. And I think I was like in fourth grade or something. And I was like, I didn't know she was going to I didn't know she was going to die. And I'm like, I couldn't like breathe. Like I was like crying so hard. And they show her funeral and. Like, you know, all the people that loved her come to the funeral. And I was like, <gasps> my mom was like, you have to calm down. You have to calm down. And Kristen mm-hmm. was there. And she was like, it's okay. It's okay. It's just a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we were watching um, when when I was uh, in my bank robbing days. I was living in Seattle with my um, my now ex-wife and my stepdaughter. And she's watching, um, what was that movie about the, the dogs? It was a cartoon movie about dogs. All dogs go All to All dogs heaven. go to heaven, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> so she's sitting in front of the TV. I'm sitting behind her on the couch. And and when she used to get scared when we'd watch like um, Nickelodeon After Dark or whatever, <clears throat> she'd get scared and I'd say, not real. You know, not real. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> this movie was wrapping up. And she turned around, and I'm just a mess. I'm an absolute mess. And, and she goes, Daddy, not real. Aww. Yeah, not real. And I'm like, I know it's not real. Just so much. I could probably sing you a number of songs from Wild Dogs Go to Heaven if you want. Oh, don't. I'm already tearing up. I'm, I can't take it. <clears throat> All right, we need to change the subject here. Yes. Part mm-hmm. question... Part two of this question is, what movie was transcendent for you as a child? Anyone want to go first? Well, if we're going to keep in order, I'll go. Um, okay. I, um, like I said, we like to watch old movies a lot in the house. And there, I we watch movies all the time, like all the time. Watch, it, movies were a really big part of my life. I mean, I think that's true for everybody, but it was just a really big part of my parents go to, they still go to the movies all the time. I mean, they see everything. So going, and I was a film minor in college. Like it was just an important part of our life. But I remember, um, you know, this wasn't super early on, but this is probably what kind of sprung me into liking, I don't know, quote unquote, good movies or kind of seeking out older, older movies. Um, you know, I love Grease, I love Footloose, I love Dirty Dancing, I loved all the like movies of the day, but I remember one weekend, I think I must have been in fourth grade or something, and my mom said, let's go to Banana Video, which was the video store that was in the neighborhood, um, and rent something. So we go, and she picks something out, and she, she presents it to me, and she was like, okay, this is what I want to watch, this is what we're watching tonight. And I said, well, what's it about? And she was like, well, 
It's about like this woman and her nephew and their adventures together. And I'm like, mom, I was such a brat. I was like, that sounds awful. I don't want to see that. And she was like, just watch it. You'll like it. And I was like, I don't want to see it. And it's old. God. Anyway, she turns it on and I absolutely fell in love with it. And it's Auntie Mame. And I loved it so much. I like still, even though I have children, I still like aspire to be an aunt that travels around the world and lives a fabulous life. And I try to, I, I try to expose people to it. It's just a really, really fun movie with like a good message but i you know it's fast moving and she's sort of wild but loving um and ridiculous and there's lots of funny drinking and money but then also the depression i don't know i just really love it and i made dave watch it and he, he even he loved it he was like well that was a really fun movie um so anti-mame i think it, i remember also, seeing it i remember yeah. liking it i loved it i loved it and i think it really did kind of spur me to you know just see more older movies um and then you know kind of got interested in like not that these are the same at all but like hitchcock and like the movies of the 50s and stuff i just thought it was really cool and glamorous so that's my movie okay i have not seen it so i'll put it on my list it's really good yeah you should it's Um, really good speaking of like getting turned on to a movie you didn't think that (laughs) was for you uh that crossroads movie theater sort of a semi-shitty theater turned very shitty by the time they finally knocked it over. I used to go to every movie there. Didn't matter what it was. If I could get in, I would see it because mm. uh, I didn't have a lot of supervision. So uh, as a teenager, uh, my friend Todd Grubb and I, uh, we would go to a lot of sports movies because my first terrible job in journalism, unpaid job, was a movie critic for the junior high newspaper at Odell Junior High. <laughs> right. That's awesome. And I was the only movie critic who pretty much only reviewed sports movies. <laughs> it's a niche. <laughs> and I get I would never get reimbursed. I'd always turn in my ticket stubs and they would never give me any money. But uh I was out I never of sports saw that movies. nickel again. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh I have to crank it, you know. <clears throat> anyway, um I'm out of sports movies, so I'm like, ah, well, I gotta review something this week, so I dragged Todd Grubb to this movie about Willie Nelson called Honeysuckle Rose. It's like a semi-autobiographical mm-hmm. film. Um, and it was 1980, so I was either 14 or 15, depending on the time of year it was. Probably 14. And I just remember this music is fantastic. I love this. And, it, and, and, and so I ended up going back and seeing that movie many, many times. And as you can imagine, someone who had come of age a year or two prior Diane Cannon in any movie was, was going to (laughs) be just right for this veteran podcaster. Isn't she like a noted Lakers fan, Diane Cannon? Yeah, 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 yeah. She (laughs) she shows up to all Lakers fans. She's still looks pretty good, but uh, back then, uh, wow. Wow. Oh, this this music is really good. <laughs> sure, yeah. sure. Like, uh-huh. like you caught me with the music, but I stayed for the Diane Cannon. <laughs> I, I don't know that I can blame you. She was. But, she, hey, she was so pretty that, um, you know, she married. What's his face? Um, oh, my God. I am having like a like a black spot today. <laughs> Andrew moment. Yes, I am. Uh, you know, the one of the most. Oh God. My mom's going to be really embarrassed that I can't remember who she was married to. Oh, <laughs> Cary Grant. Sorry. She was married to Cary Grant. 
Get out of town. I didn't yeah, know. she was married to Cary Grant. Oh, Jennifer Grant, her daughter, was on 90210 and had a relationship with Steve. <laughs> I can remember that, but I can't remember Cary Grant's name. Well, the- Amy Irving was also in this movie, uh, and I, I had no use for her. Oh, really? Yeah. I just thought she was great. She yeah, was, she was a-, a fine actress. She was in a movie called Crossing Delancey. That's a very delightful movie. And she was also married to Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> And I, I don't know from celebrity marriages, but even I know that one. The problem with me thinking about the old guard, like your Cary Grant and such, is that I never remember which of the men were gay. Now, uh, Cary Grant, I would say, was probably bisexual, maybe on the gay side. Like I mean, he was I definitely think Rock Hudson just messes it yeah, all up for yeah, me. Rock yeah. Hudson, Tab Hunter, and all of those. And I'm like, were they all gay? Yeah, I'd be pretty mad if Cary Grant, were, Cary Grant were gay and and uh, you know took and, Diane Cannon for granted. Yeah, when there were so the many market. of us <laughs> that would have gladly given her a run. God, pimply fourteen year old, you know. 112 pound kids. <laughs> I'm sure if Cary Grant wasn't in the picture, you would definitely have had <laughs> number one. Uh huh. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you two have come with some uh, thoughtful cinema classics. Um, into that discussion, I'm going to throw my transcendent movie, which of course was Space Camp. Well, obviously. I mean, obviously. I'm not familiar. What? I'm not familiar oh. with it. Space camp. Simple, no. simple plot of a group of ragtag kids who can't work together, who go to space camp, get a chance to sit in the space shuttle during an engine test, and then accidentally get blasted into space and have to work together to pilot the shuttle back to Earth. You Very exciting. Oh, man. It's so plausible. I don't know why I didn't think of it. Stars uh, Tom Skerritt and a, a better use of his mustache. There never was. Oh, also, um, Kate Capshaw. Another another Spielberg wife. Spielberg. <laughs> uh, but Leah Thompson, uh, a a very young, chubby, like 12-year-old Joaquin Phoenix, still going by the what? name of Leaf, Leaf Phoenix, yeah. is in this movie. Yes. Kelly Preston is in it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, Hillary. Tate Donovan. Tate Donovan. (laughs) Mike, I saw Tate Donovan at the YMCA in Austin. So he is an Austin (laughs) resident. So I I might have pulled a Bobby and investigated where he lives. Because I was like, why is he at the Southwest Y? Um, And I figured it out. If anybody wants to know. Took a picture of his license plate (laughs) for giving the full Bobby treatment. (laughs) But my brother Carl and I can recite entire scenes (laughs) of dialogue from Space Camp. It really just, I had no idea that there was such a place. Before yep. I saw this movie, it was very unfortunately timed. I think it was scheduled to be released like the week after the Challenger yeah. explosion. Yeah. So I think they delayed it a little bit. But then, you know, America maybe was not in the right head space to, <laughs> you know, have a story about kids getting shot into space. But I really wanted and still want to go to space camp to this day. Yeah. We're going to make and- it happen. Yeah, Don't they have know, like space it, fantasy camp like they do for fat old guys that want to like try to get a hit off Oral Hershiser or something? It's not space fantasy camp. There is an adult space camp program. They okay. don't have Oral Hershiser there to run it. Or who would be the space fan like Buzz Aldrin? 
they would get to come down and. Isn't he the one who punches people? I don't <laughs> yep. think he'd be the best. Yep. Maybe we get a different guy. And I won't say that it's a good movie, but it hit me. It was one of those that hit me at just the right time. And we were living in Switzerland. And so we had to go to the tiny little one English um, video store in the city. And um, there weren't very many things that we could rent because my mom was uh, very strict about PG and under. And I would always walk past the horror section and they had Hellraiser <laughs> sitting with you know, oh, yeah. pinheads, a picture right Great in the picture. same spot every Great time. Poster. And I would be like, Ugh! and then I would go rent Space Camp for the 4,000th time. Because <laughs> that was one of like 20 movies yeah, that you could see. <laughs> that I could see. It is funny, like I, my friends and I like to talk about when you would go to the um, movie rental place and you you would always notice like something, you're like, oh, I want to get that, but like I'm totally not allowed to get that. And my parents were pretty permissive about, again, I'm making my parents sound like they were bad parents, they were great parents, but they were like, I was the fifth kid, so I could kind of see, you know, whatever my brothers and sisters were watching, but like within reason. And there was this movie, <laughs> this movie with like, I think Leah Thompson actually, and... Victoria, whatever, she was on Saturday Night Live. I don't remember her name. And it was called Casual Sex, question mark. And they're just like on the cover, like like in T-shirts. And I remember being like, ooh, I want to get that movie and see what it's all about. But then I knew if I brought it to my mom and was like, can I get this? She would say, no, absolutely no. not. Yeah. Well, I do blame uh, Matt for the fact that my mom wouldn't even let us rent PG-13. Ugh videos throughout my teenage years because she was like matt could walk in and see it and i'm like well i'll turn it off if he comes in and she's like no i don't want you with pg-13 movies when he's around it's a lot matt screwed it all up you guys had parental supervision that 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 blows my mind i just i never had that oh yeah you know i think i was 17 when schindler's list came out and before (laughs) it, it, it came my dad and i had talked about it and we were like yeah that's a really important movie like we should we should see that and then for some reason i was like out of town for the weekend and my dad rented it and watched it and then he refused to let me see it he was like no you can't see it i don't want you seeing that kind of violence and stuff and i'm like Dad, it's a depiction about the Holocaust. It's not, you know, like some shoot 'em up movie. And he's like, I just don't think having that kind of uh, violence on film is appropriate. It's so, so- <laughs> I didn't see Schindler's List till I was in college. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's weird. I remember because, like I said, my parents were pretty like loosey goosey about what I could see. But at, when I was in like ninth grade or something, What's Love Got to Do With It came out. And I was like, oh, I want to see it. And my mom just said, no, I couldn't see it. I'm like, why can't I see a movie about Tina Turner? She said, there's a lot of domestic abuse, and I don't really think you need to see it. And I'm like, okay, well, I saw Terms of Endearment when I was four. So, like, I think I'm, I saw Risky Business when I was six years old. Like, I think I'm okay with this uh, kind of stuff. I saw yeah. the twi- Twilight, the movie. <laughs> As long as the domestic abuse isn't happening in your home, it's... No, exactly. Exactly. It's okay, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Okay, well, let's get into... Let's do a quick Tishi Recommends before we get out of here. Uh, Hillary, you have one for us? I do. Okay. Um, I'm sure at some point we will probably do um, another round of recommendations for podcasts, but I just wanted to get this one in, mostly because we're talking about movies, and I thought it was apropos. There's a podcast that I'm obsessed with, and it is really weird, and if you don't like it, it's fine, because it's bizarre, (laughs) but um, it's called Blank Check with Griffin and David, and it's what they do is they take 
um, a director um, who has seemingly they had enough success that they got a blank check that they could make whatever oh, they that's want. Brilliant. Like um, that. And so they cover their, their filmography basically. Um, oh, you know, and, and some directors they've had to narrow down because they have so many movies. It's like, you can't do it in a, you know, a snippet of time. Um, so recently ones that they've done uh, right now, they're doing Jonathan Demi and they're in the middle of it. So they're pre they're right. I think, pre um, Silence of the Lambs, but he's really interesting because he did a lot of really different stuff like Married to the Mob and mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Silence of the Lambs. Like he, it's sort of, they're trying to find this sort of unifying theory. Um, they've done Nancy Myers, which I loved because obviously like I'm basic white lady who likes <laughs> upper middle class uh, <laughs> kitchens. Um, like Diane Keaton, is that yes, what you're saying? Yes. Uh, but it was, it's interesting. They really like think about it and it's not, it, I think it's hilarious, but it's not, um, but they take it seriously. Like they, sure. they really, they, the guy, the, one of the guys is a film critic for the Atlantic. Um, and I don't know, they just have a really good rapport. There's a lot of inside jokes. It's kind of like in that TBTL vein of like, there's some jokes that I only get now because I've listened to all the back uh, episodes and there's a lot. They've been going for a while. And weirdly, it started off as a Star Wars podcast. And I didn't even ever listen to the Star Wars ones because I was like, I'm not really interested. But then I went back once I got sort of all the jokes and stuff and started listening to the Star Wars ones. And they're funny, but kind of silly. Um, the thing that I love the most about it, this is what I live for every episode. So there's David, he's the film critic. And then there's Griffin, who's an actor that he was on the tick on Amazon. Like he's not like a super famous actor or anything. He's just been in a few things. Um, he was in draft day, Mike. That's the only thing that you would maybe see him in. Well, my, my brush with greatness here is uh, my, my friend Dave in Hollywood has written an episode of the tick. Oh yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, know, so not th- to brag. <laughs> well, yeah, well you did. But, um, so Griffin is sort of like something I aspire to be and that he has a really good memory for, meaningless things um so whenever they're covering the movie they say okay now we're going to do the box office game so david will look up all top five of the box office of whenever the movie that they're talking about was released and griffin has to guess it so david will give like a little bit of a hint like uh this movie's a thriller or something and he almost always gets it like it's wild now the older ones he's not as good at because he's like 30 years old but if it is in the last 10 to 15 years he almost always gets it especially if there's like one hint and I love it. Like it gets me so excited. And like every guest that comes on, it's always like, are you serious? And he's like, this is the only useful skill I have. But, um, but anyway, I think it's really, really entertaining. Useful. Yes. Useful for a podcast, a very niche podcast. Anyway, it's called blank check with Griffin and David. And I love it. I've listened. The holiday episode is hilariously funny um, about the holiday with, you know, Jude Law and Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet. Um, and the other episode that came out like a year ago, it was, a, it was, they did an um, Ang Lee um, season, which I love because Sense and Sensibility is one of my favorite movies. Oh. Um, I love it so much. Um, but they talked about Billy Lynn's halftime walk or whatever the name of the movie is. And, it came out and kind of went and it, but it pioneered this new technology. So they had this guy on, um, one of the McElroy brothers friends, (laughs) they had him on, his name is JD Amato. And he explained how cameras work, why this was so different and why, anyway, it is a bonkers episode, but I've listened to it like three times and enjoy it every single time. And I never re-listen to podcasts. So anyway, that's my hearty recommendation. 
All right. Um, well, are we ready to keep some house? Uh, yeah, I think we are. Okay. So buy stuff from us. Guys, I just bought my team at work. They don't listen to this, um, even though I've tried, but it's fine. I bought them. It's fine. Tote bags. So, um, (laughs) that's great. I know. That is a great office gift. (laughs) Yeah. It's like not that expensive. They were, you know, they'll always think of me. Everybody needs a tote bag. Um, Mm -hmm. the, and the merch is there. It looks great. I will model it once I get it. Um, I, I actually, we were saying that it's on littleredbandwagon.com, but I went and kind of found it hard to find. And then I went to 10710.com slash store and it's all there. So go. You got to spell out 10710. Yes. 10-T-E-N-S-E-V-E-N-T-E-N.com slash store. Um, so yeah, go get after it. Um, please rate and review us. Um, yeah, it is super basic, but like, just come on, do it. I, I want to bury the negative and you have fun with us. We have fun with you guys. Come on. <laughs> give us a rating. You know, I like attention. I like, I, I like compliments. Please give me one. <laughs> that was very smooth. Hillary. I, I mean, I don't think anybody noticed that you were kind of begging. There. Please, please. <laughs> You know what would really make her mad is if the reviews just talked about how pretty and smart I was. <laughs> and and then, yeah, no matter how many stars it was, she'd be like, fuck this review. I'm like, thumbs down. Delete. Yeah, right. This was not helpful. <laughs> well, after you rate and review us, if you'd like to get involved with the show in a bigger way, you can check out our website at thisshowhaseverything.com. There's not that much going on there, except the shows are posted if you're listening from your computer. Uh, contribute your content at throwyourphone.com if you have comments, things that you want to talk about, things that you want us to talk about. Let us know. We are always happy to uh, get those. They pop up on my phone, and I get really excited to see what people have had to say. Our mm-hmm. Facebook group, come on now. What did I say? 174 members. 26 to go. Come on. Come join the Facebook group. Answer. Do it for your country. (laughs) What as a child? What movie was transcendent for you as a child? We'll put Mm -hmm. the post up there in a couple of days so that you can participate in that. The show Twitter is at TSH Everything. You can email us longer things at Tishi at 10710.com. Send us a voice memo if you have something that you could just say a lot faster than having to write a whole email about it. We would love to hear your voice. And fax Bobby your butt or any other body parts, (laughs) 617-354-8513. Or if you have a good offer for citing, I'm sure he would have that too. Don't don't fax him any menus right now, though, because he can't. No. Fax, fax him he feels he doesn't feel great so fax him some like a condolence not condolence but get better soon mm-hmm. he didn't die he'll be fine he's just <laughs> on a liquid diet for a few days yes. all right and, and I'm, I'm not sure how how uh what's our signature sign off now and and could you demonstrate it again for me so that next time i'll be able to execute it <laughs> is this going to turn into a thing where Anne does the sign off every week because no. i'm not comfortable with that Yes. 
All right. Well, agreed. This is the this is the last time I'm demonstrating it for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in and listening. We hope that you had a good time. This is really just us rambling about stuff today and hanging out with each other. And um, we're glad that you could come and hang out with us. And until next time, this has been everything. There you go, Mike.
Thanks for being here. That was it. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, right. Go on, get. <laughs> Scram. We don't need you anymore. Keep bringing it is the house the, lights up. The Harry and the Hendersons. Go. <laughs> we, we don't love you. There's no encore. <laughs> Stop clapping. <laughs> No, stop it. You're embarrassing yourselves.